Welcome to this week's episode of Lending Made Easy. Today, we're going to tackle a pretty fun concept, I think. What makes a good commercial bank today? Banks have this reputation of being slow to implement and to really adopt change. And if we've learned anything over the last two to three years, everything has changed. And banking hasn't been immune to that either. With that being said, with the changes that we've seen from the last few years, and even looking back prior to that, the question really is, Today, what makes a good commercial bank? So today I've got Brian Peckinpah, David Catalano with us, some banking experts that have seen a thing or two in the commercial banking space. So we'd love to get your opinion on that. So David, we'll start with you. In your mind, what makes a great commercial bank today? The commercial customer experience. So if you can, if you're a commercial customer and you go to your bank and you just continue to say, wow, then that's a great commercial bank. Now, how do you get there? From my perspective, you get there by empowering your employees to make their work easy, to make their work fast, to make their work efficient. And the, the way I would go about doing that is I would consider what is my policy? How do I underwrite these loans? Do I underwrite all of my loans the same way? Do I segment my loan portfolio? Do I have a niche that I'm really good at that I know really, really well? Then I would look at my process and I would think about how do I get my loans through that process from the origination part where I'm just talking to the customer, to the underwriting, to the documenting, to the funding, to the servicing, and then to the care and feeding post-closing. And then what technology do I deploy to facilitate that? And I would be thinking about simple things like how many times do I rekey the same information? And through policy process and technology, optimizing those, starting with policy and moving down, technology is just the set of tools you use to really run that optimized process. You should have an extremely efficient process that will create a wow experience for your commercial customer. Because if you think about it, if I'm borrowing $4 million, there's not a lot I have to do relative to all the work required to get a commercial loan done, right? So the borrower doesn't have much to do in that process. So it's really empowering the employee through optimized process, optimized policy, and then deploying the right technology. Brian, what are, you, what are your thoughts? So I agree with everything you said, but I'm gonna actually come at it from a slightly different perspective. I think what makes a good commercial bank today is the same thing that has always made a good commercial bank, and that's the people. They're your differentiators. They are the driver towards a lot of what you talked about, David. So you mentioned what's a specific niche that I'm good at. The reason I'm good at a specific niche is I probably have a handful of people who really deeply understand whatever that niche is, how those businesses operate. They know it better than people at the bank's that surround me. So I'm able to serve that customer better. I'm differentiated by having RMs that you said provide that wow experience. And it's their interaction with the people that they're selling to, they're engaging with, that is the real differentiator. We still buy from people we like, right? And I think it's the same as it's always been. It's the people. And it gets right to your point, David, of our focus then needs to be on how do we empower them to bring that value every day, retain the value they bring so that they're not going to the bank down the street? And how do I put that value in an echo chamber? How do I take what might be in one person's head 
and drive that through the entire organization. And that's where you you get the compounding value out of the solutions that you're talking about. You need those people that know the process and the procedures to sit down and talk about it, to partner with others in the industry from a vendor perspective or other partners to the solution sets to maximize, right? Because they they know certain aspects, the vendors will know other aspects. How did I bring all that together to modernize and maximize? But I need to always have an eye on the people because they are the value of the organization. They are who knows what drives the institution forward. They are what brings the business in. We've got to be using the technology to empower them as much as possible. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Brian. It is the people. And every time we go to a bank and they're doing really well, the people are awesome. Have <laughs> you noticed that? Yeah. They really are. The people are the differentiator. And so, it's interesting, right? It, it, especially in the commercial bank, because this is different if you start thinking about the retail bank. The commercial bank, I can get away with really bad process. I can get away with disjointed systems and massive rekeying of data because I can rely on the white glove service that my RM or loan officer or whatever your institution calls them, the experience they give to the borrower. I can get away with a lot of bad in the back if my front is really, really good. And that's unique to the commercial experience. When I start going into retail or even small business, the systems start to matter a whole lot more because the end client is interacting with those systems a lot more. Where we need to focus is on why do those high performers stay? They stay because the process isn't terrible. The technology is really good. That's where I need to focus on. You mentioned that wow experience. Providing the RM, the loan officer with a wow experience, providing my really good underwriters with a wow experience, making sure they like the systems they use, they feel empowered by the systems they use so that they don't leave me for the bank down the street where all of a sudden now they've got my real competitive advantage, which is my people. Yeah, that's a really good point. So you're using the technology as a retention tool, really the process as a technology tool. I think that's a cultural thing. Yeah. So the really good people are going to be attracted to a really good culture and that culture is going to want to empower and improve people and they're going to want to optimize process and optimize work conditions. And as we get older and older, more and more workers are going to come into the to the workplace that have always had a piece of technology in their hands, always. And there's been consumer companies out there that make that technology really hump, like Apple and Google and Amazon and all the other technology players that are out there that are really investing heavily in that. So when you come to work, you don't expect to have a heavily papered process where you're entering the same information 10 times to get something done. You, you want something a bit more efficient than that. And otherwise, you're going to see that as just not the type of place that you want to work. Yeah. And it's also kind of leaning on prior episodes where we've talked about AI and other commercial lending technology concepts. This is where you start to institutionalize and productize that knowledge that sits in people's heads. So the more mm -hmm. you can sit down with you know, Susie, who maybe is an expert in nursing home lending, you sit down with Bobby, who's an expert in ag lending and you go on down the line and you start to really understand the business mm -hmm. and where can I start to put that knowledge into the technology? And this is where you can get a lot of power 
out of things like AI and machine learning. What types of products go together in this space? Mm-hmm. Where should I be bringing in a treasury services referral based on the solution set that I have with a financial institution? Where does that fit based on process, based on the industry we're serving, based on the products that we're offering? Institutionalizing the knowledge that your people have, really identifying what they do inherently and have the system do that too. So that when Susie or Bobby retire or move on, I don't lose that information with them that the next generation who, David, you said, has that technology, they're used to it. They're used Mm -hmm. to taking insights from the technology that they use and leveraging that to make the next decision. So it'll just be second nature to them where you've got to make sure you don't lose that as we go through this next transition from a generational perspective where this information is built up over 20, 30 or more years in your top performers that you can make sure that that ends up in your systems and driving insights to the next crop that comes through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that reminds me of an anecdote. We're actually working now with a, about a $2 billion bank and there's just a few people in the bank that don't want to change the process. And they're thinking, you know, it's not broke. Why should they change it? But there's a lot more to digital lending than just that the two or three functions that those folks are talking about, right? There's a lot of other constituents in the bank that would be using the technology that would make their life a lot easier. And decisions like that, where you don't move forward because of a handful of people that just like the status quo, can really turn off new people coming in and people that haven't been there as long, maybe people that don't have as much power, but they're adding a lot of value. So it's important from a leadership perspective to understand where you are with respect to other opportunities for key employees, especially new employees that have a high potential. We see that in a lot of articles. It seems like every other article that's coming out right now is talking about the next generation of bankers and replacing employees that are leaving or retiring. And so I think this is a really important concept, especially both of you have mentioned people make a commercial bank great. And I think what both of you all have hit on is really it's the people and also that culture, that culture of innovation and sharing ideas and really institutionalizing that knowledge. So I guess a final question here for both of you, if you are a CEO of a community bank, what are the steps that you're taking right now to either implement technology or create a culture or marry the two of those together to really fight against this, what people are calling now war for talent. It's people, 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 right? It's going in and sitting with your teams and understanding what do they like? What do they not like? What do they desperately want? Going out and when you look for talent, not just looking for talent, but also looking for what do they expect? What would it mean to switch? What are you not willing to lose? What tools are you using that are keeping you there? What do you need to have? Is it a CRM? Is it a commercial lending system? Is it a treasury platform? What are those things that have you anchored? Because even if you don't get the talent, even if you don't get the person, you can still get that insight into, well, if I do these things, I'm going to drive retention and I'm going to get more out of what I have. So it's engaging with those people. These culture things start from the top down. If you express interest in those areas, you're also going to kind of show that you care about the tools that are in place and where the organization should spend their innovation dollars. Yeah, I would also 
want to be very careful to make sure your employees don't think you're going through an efficiency process just to rid yourselves of several headcounts. That's really not the optimal way to go. Really, what you're trying to do is create capacity so you can do more as a team, so the team can get more done in the same time or potentially less time. But we shouldn't let them think that driving efficiency gains means you're going to reduce your headcount because that's really not the right way to get get the right response out of your employees to get the best out of them. And you just have to be really careful how they perceive what you're trying to accomplish. Because really what you're trying to do is make their life easier, make their life better, get them home on time versus staying late. So it's just got to be careful about that message. Absolutely. Well, Brian, David, thanks so much for sharing your insights today. I think a, a lot of great topics that we discussed, and it really is about the people and really empowering employees through the use of technology and culture. So thanks so much for your insights. And thanks everyone for listening in to this week's episode of Lending Made Easy.